Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Playing star again. There I go. Turn the page. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you on Oilers Now. I do want to mention, coming up on uh, tomorrow's show, we've got an extended show from 12 until 3. Our guests will include uh, one of the most plugged-in men in the business from NHL Hockey and Rogers for Mid-City Construction Management. That will be Elliot Friedman. Louis DeBrusque is flying uh, tomorrow, so Louis is going to join us on Friday's show. Uh, From the NHL Network... Potentially a future NHL executive. Who knows? Maybe we already had one on today, Brian Lawton. But tomorrow we will have Kevin Weeks on the show. And the president and general manager of the Hamilton Bulldogs, the best team in the OHL, again, a guy that played in uh, both Edmonton and Calgary and was part of the Oilers 06 run, Steve Stales, as well as Jack Michaels, will all join us in our uh, three-hour edition of Oilers Now. We will take calls on tomorrow's show as well. So busy, busy show coming up for you. Bob Stauffer with you. It's currently one thirty-five in Edmonton. And... Uh, we're going to tell you that Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. There is now four Royal Pizzas in Calgary, one in Red Deer as well. Stop for recommendations, the Mediterranean Chicken. As we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, and we welcome back to the show... John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling, you need to get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hello, John. How you doing? I'm good, Bob. You? I'm good. Uh, Oilers are up 3-1. It is a best of seven. It's not a best of five. Still lots of work left to do, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Uh, when you look at uh, what teams can do in this league, uh down three to one, it, it it certainly has to be a factor. And flames are flames are going home. And if it does go seven, uh, you, you know that two of the three games are in the saddle dome. So from that perspective, you, everybody has to be a little cautious of what the next three games bring. If it in fact it is three games, John. As uh, you know, look, everybody that listens to the show, we have you on every Monday and Wednesday. They know you're not a casual observer of the game. Of the four series that have taken place in round two, is Edmonton, Calgary, the Battle of Alberta the best series? Um, it is. It is. It, I tell you what, it's the most unpredictable. I, I will tell you that the Ranger series now has a, has some drama to it um, because of the aggressive play of Gerard Gallant's New York Rangers. But uh, absolutely, when you think of what the battle has brought on every level, goal scoring, quality defensive plays, strange plays, uh, physical play, the Battle of Alberta is uh, is certainly 
at the top of the list with the Rangers Carolina series who are coming second. All right. Just an aside, just on Gerard Gallant. I think Gerard's a good coach, but I have a pet peeve, and you know what that is. I don't like coaches talking to players. To me, there is a... Uh, there, there's sort of a symbiotic relationship, like the media from one market can chirp the media from another market, right? That that uh-huh. comes with the territory. The players should be the ones chirping at the players, and coaches chirp coaches. I, I think it's bad when you have cross-pollinization in those regards. Any thoughts on that? The only thing I would say to you, and uh, it's funny because Scotty Bowman used to love chirping Bobby Clark. I mean, and in, in, in fact, at the old Montreal Forum, where the where the bench areas weren't secure, he would run all the way down to the faceoff dot and yell at Clark through the glass. Um, the only difference I would say is that both Brindamore and Gallant are former players, and, and I think that they understand the game at a different level than somebody who hasn't played in the National Hockey League. So I I, I would tend to give. Turk and Rod a little more leeway about the yapping. Mm. And let's face it, some of the other guys that are involved, the, the players on the ace are involved, they're pretty good yappers too, and they yell at coaches. So well, it's not Anthony for... Uh, it, 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 <laughs> I mean, it's not for, it's not for just a, a one-way conversation, in my opinion. Uh, by the way, would D'Angelo be potentially a guy that Philadelphia would target, or do they just need to get Ryan Ellis healthy? Well, who's the coach there? Is it John Tortorella? I mean, who who is going to coach in Philadelphia? Is it Barry Trotz? Um, you know, I, I think it really depends, and I think Chuck Fletcher's biggest issue is we better figure out who our coach is, and then we can go, go and target players. I think that okay. that's an important aspect. Well, interesting perspective on Brindamore and, uh, you know, Brindamore and Gallant. I do know several coaches who don't believe it's appropriate to be chirping at opposition players ever so it's all about but you provide a very that's that's a very fair uh argument on your part to come back the other way with all right let's circle back to the battle of alberta it has been tremendous theater john hasn't it so far oh spectacular and and let's face it a lot of the theater you have to give credit to uh, to the people who sit in the seats at, at Rogers Place and sit in the seats at the Saddledome. That, to me, has, has really uh, elevated the series. Uh, the passion of the hockey fans uh, responding to what happens on the ice has really, has really made it so much of theater. Uh, it, it is so reminiscent of what we saw in the 80s in Edmonton particularly when you I mean I still remember one of my favorite nights there was uh, the 84 Stanley Cup when Paul Lorio refused to start singing the anthem because the crowd was just going ballistic and Andy Van Helleman skated to him and demanded that he start singing uh, that's what that's the type of thing we're seeing in Edmonton right now the the passion and the, and, in, and in Calgary as well the passion of the hockey fans the passion and the of the battle has really elevated the theater of what's happening on the ice. Are you surprised the Oilers are up three one in the series right now? Uh, based on the play, no. Um, I mean, I, I, I uh, you know, on, on our podcast yesterday, I, I will tell you that we we talked about it uh, in so many ways. If you take a look at Game One, which now looks like an anomaly. 
the Oilers really have been a better hockey club the last three games period, uh, save for uh, you know the, what happened in the second period yesterday. Uh, you, you know, this is they have played a better brand of hockey. I mean, the first period in Game One was, let's face it, was a, the biggest difference. But other than that. The Oilers have played a better brand and have played a more complete game. It's not just Connor, and it's not just Leon, but when you look at what Kane and Hyman and, and, and some of the defensemen uh, have done, I, I think you have to give uh, the 3-1 the an honest nod to the Edmonton Oilers. Evander Kane has 12 goals. Yeah. Does it necessarily have to be all about the money for Dan Milstein and Evander Kane in the offseason? Or can it be fit? And how much of that is going to be dependent upon the kind of return he gets ultimately when the settlement occurs with the grievance? Well, the, the question I think becomes, Bob, is, is whether you can separate those two things you talked about. Um, you, you know, I, I don't think anybody has any clue how the grievance is going to work. I don't think anybody knows. I don't know what the arbitrator is going to rule. Um, you know, and, and at, at that point, you know, Evander Kane, you know, has a right to go to open market and, and earn a living and, and, and go to the highest bidder. Um, you know, has it been a great fit in Edmonton? Sure it has. It's been fantastic. Uh, but at the same time, you know, this is, this is not about, you know, I'm going to take a pay cut to stay at Edmonton. This is about I've got to make sure I can, you know, maximize my financial income for the next few years because I'm only going to be able to play until I'm 36 or 37. All right. Well, hypothetically, let's just say he gets 8 to $12 million in a settlement. Okay? That's a mid-range number. Yeah. So yeah. that's on a four-year deal, that's 2 to $3 million. Does that allow a team to sign? Like, I, I don't know if Edmonton can sign him north of $5.5 million because you brought Hyman in and Nugent Hopkins committed to you as well, and they're in the fives. But it is tough to argue, John, with 34 goals in 54 games played as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Now, but, but hey, listen, this, this is the... I mean, it, when, when Kenny Holland signed Kane to the to the one-year deal, to a lot of protestation, uh, to a lot of people saying, we don't want to go near that guy. Kenny's answer was, hey, it's just for four months. Don't worry. And if it doesn't work out, you know, we'll, we'll move on. And if it works out, we'll figure it out then. I, I think that that, and, and let's face it, the best scenario that could have occurred has occurred with Evander Kane. He's played well. He has uh, he he has portrayed himself positively, uh, as far as we can all see, uh, and ho holy smokes, he's as a hockey player. I can't speak to him as a person because I've not spoken to him, but as a hockey player, he's done exactly what's been asked of him. And when you have a when you're a general manager, the other, one of the I'm going to say thirty other general managers because I can't envision him signing in San Jose. Uh, when you're one of the 30 other general managers, you're going to have to look and say, hey, what's our risk-reward for assigning Evander Kane? Because we all know that the, the Oilers ha do have that ceiling you talked about. Is Ken Holland on the precipice here? I mean, Calgary's got to beat Edmonton three times in a row. They can do it. 
But in order to do that, they're going to have to outplay Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers in three time, three games in a row. I don't know if they can do that based on how Connor's played here. Has Ken Holland been vindicated a bit? He said, hey, we got to see what we got when both goaltenders are healthy. Mike Smith's had a 931 save percentage in the playoffs, even given up a horrendous goal last night. Even the, st- the tough start in game number one against Calgary, he's at 931 in the playoffs, a career 931 save percentage as well. Uh, you know, he went and got Kulak. People criticized that deal initially. They very, they, they, you know, flipped pretty quickly. There was lots of, um, uh, you know, virtue signalers out there that weren't very happy when Evander Kane was brought in. He's made some, you know, Duncan Keith. There was overt criticism of that. I would argue that Duncan Keith was signed to help calm and settle things down come playoff time. Ken Holland's having a good go right now, isn't he, John? Yeah, but he's one game away from being vindicated. He's one game away. It's too early to vindicate. Uh, You know, win this series and ask me that question next week. Uh, And I might give you a different answer. Uh, Because that's really the key. You know, I, and I, I don't think people, and, and I'll be honest, you're, you're closer to it than I am. I think I, I don't think people criticize the acquisition of Kulak. I think they criticize what the Oilers gave up to get Kulak. Fair enough. Because uh, I tell, and I'll tell you what, Kulak has been a godsend for what the Oilers needed on that blue line, and and that balance and the domino effect of having Kulak amongst those six defensemen has allowed others to flourish. And, and and I think that that's had a positive effect, even though they don't play together very often, a positive effect on Evan Bouchard. And I think it's allowed Keith and Bouchard to work well together. So, I mean, that those and, – and so you put the Hyman acquisition, the Kane signing, and the Kulak trade on Kenny Holland's plate and add one more victory, I think you, I think you know the answer to has he been vindicated. John, we'll know by Monday. Thanks for your time. Yes, sir. Have a great day. I didn't win the 50-50, Bob, so I guess I'm on again Monday. I don't, can you win the 50-50? That's what I wanted to know. I know I can't. All right, Why that's not? John Shannon, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. 147, here's what we're going to do. Uh, Brendan Escott's going to uh, guide you home, and I'm going to uh, head on down to Calgary. I'll be back with a three-hour show tomorrow. When we return, Brendan Escott in conversation uh, with Justin Sortov, who scored a brilliant game-winning goal in Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Final in the Western Hockey League. You're listening to Oilers now. It is Brendan Escott steering the ship home here on an off day, Battle of Alberta. Eastern Conference Final in the Western Hockey League. Justin Sortov, a big overtime winner for your Oil Kings. Sat down with him earlier today to discuss just that. Justin, appreciate you taking some time, man. Thanks for joining us. I imagine you're having a great time here in this playoff run. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been fun so far. Um, looking to get another win tonight, and uh, yeah, I know everyone's really excited. Talk me through that overtime winner, the aforementioned one in Game Three. Uh, listen, a game that you guys were it looked like in control of for most of it. Gage Alexander kicking out more than than fifty shots, but ultimately you kind of take the, the the game on your back in a sense uh, in your own zone, and and maybe you pick it up from there. 
No, uh, he played great all game long. And, uh, yeah, I know at times it was frustrating um, not being able to bury a couple past him. But you know, our team just kind of stuck with it. And ultimately we uh, had to end it in overtime. And, um, you know, that's what we did. Um, I guess that play, uh, Jake made a, a really good pass to me through the neutral zone, nice backhand pass, and um, kind of just skated up and thought I'd try and challenge uh, the 2D that were there and uh, kind of you know worked out so uh, we're pretty happy with that. Well it's one of those things Justin in the moment I'm sure you're not realizing that you're cementing yourself in WHL overtime lore but suddenly you're being talked about with that goal and you know with uh, with some of the greatest in, in Western Hockey League playoff history so significant mark for you along the way here you guys have only dropped the one game so far in the playoffs just talk about being a part of this group and, and obviously such a talented group with very high aspirations uh yeah no this group's uh, amazing um we've played strong uh, all playoff long and um yeah no losing that game i mean uh, yeah we lost and our team kind of had to like regroup pretty quickly and um you know go get that win at home uh which we did and we were kind of looking to do that on wednesday and um, ultimately friday again having the 2-3-2 format and uh yeah no tonight's a really big game and our, our team's really focused and uh you know uh, going to try and get that one tonight. Nine points in 11 games in the playoffs here for Justin Sorda. We're chatting with him from the Edmonton Oil Kings. And a trade deadline or, or a trade acquisition, not a deadline acquisition, Justin, but a trade acquisition for yourself midseason. You went well over a point a game in the regular season with this group. Just give me a thought on, on sort of blending in and finding your role within a team that did have so much talent already and, and sort of carving out your own niche. You know, when I first got here, uh, ended up playing on a, a line with neighbors and Gunther, and then it was uh, Such and Gunther, and um, kind of back and forth uh, throughout the back half of the year there, and um, just getting a chance to play with different guys. I've kind of ran with that opportunity, um, you know, playing with such great players. It, it makes it a lot easier out there, and uh, you know, I was pretty fortunate enough to to be in the position I'm in. Spending a few minutes with Oil Kings forward Justin Sordiff, the overtime hero from Game 3. Talk about keeping things in perspective, if you can, Justin, because we know the potential of this group. I I know that Memorial Cup aspirations have to be there for for many of you guys, and that's why the team was assembled the way it was. But it's still a day at a time. You've still got to win X amount of games to get there and handle the day's business, as I know Jay Woodcroft likes to say of of the Oilers' work. So um, do you find it challenging? to sort of block that out the bigger picture and, and focus on the task at hand or how do you guys manage that we realize um there's an opportunity there for us to to be a part of that but we also recognize that we're in the eastern conference finals um this series is far from over 2-1 um and we got a lot of work to do and just taking it as simple as the period by period um, is what we kind of focus on. Uh, and if we don't have a great period, we reset as a group and um, we make sure the next period's, you know, way better uh, than that previous one. But I think we've uh, just done a really good job so far with our consistency uh, in our play throughout the playoffs. And, um, yeah, no, we're just going to keep taking it game by game, period by period, um, not even focused on uh, any other rounds. We're just focused on tonight's game. Um, and then, you know, whatever the result is, we're just focused on that next game. 
7 o'clock puck drop tonight. Rogers plays as the Oil Kings can take a 3-1 stranglehold in that series. This Day in Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel. This October, travel on a private WestJet charter flight to Cabot Links in Nova Scotia for five days of golf at the number 10 course in the entire world. Details at newwesttravel.com. We'll go back to 1985, Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. And who else but Wayne Gretzky scoring a first-period hat trick. He adds a helper while Paul Coffey had four assists on route to a 4-3 win over Philadelphia at Northlands Coliseum. Uh, tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, he'll break down uh, the Oilers and their series lead with Craig McTavish and Kelly Rudy from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Also Morley Scott checking in from Winnipeg. Will they or won't they play the CFL exhibition game, the preseason game that's set to open things up this Friday? The Elks and the Blue Bomb Tomorrow on the show, a preview of Game 5. Bob's heading down to Calgary right now. Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Steve Steos, general manager of the OHL's Hamilton Bulldogs. Jack Michaels and Kevin Weeks as well from the NHL Network and ESPN for Canadian Power Pack. Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by uh, Rob Bray. Breckenridge from 2 to 3 and then 6.30 Chet Afternoons with guest host Brad Whisker. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chet.